0: Hey, I'm Nancy Cavey, National ERISA and Individual Disability Attorney. Welcome to Winning Isn't Easy. Before we get started, I've got to give you a legal disclaimer. This podcast is not legal advice. The Florida Bar Association says I have to say it, so I've said it. Off we go. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about the simple way disability carriers take advantage of policyholders and the pre-existing condition exclusion the myths the disability insurance policyholders believe about ERISA and individual disability insurance and the truth. And we're gonna take listeners' questions today. We're gonna take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll begin. Stay tuned. Have you been robbed of your peace of mind from your disability insurance carrier? You owe it to yourself to get a copy of Robbed of Your Peace of Mind which provides you with everything you need to know about the long-term disability claim process. Request your free copy of the book at kvlaw.com today. Are you ready to get started? Let's start out by talking about the simple way disability carriers take advantage of policyholders and the pre-existing condition exclusion clause you know what happens when a disability policyholder stops working and files a claim for disability insurance benefits? Well, the disability carrier looks for what's called coverage defenses. One of the best coverage defenses is the pre-existing condition exclusion clause. So what is the pre-existing condition exclusion clause? Well, every disability insurance policy has one, and it might say something like this. Long-term disability coverage doesn't cover any disability that starts during the first 12 months of your current long-term disability coverage if it's caused or contributed to by a pre-existing condition. A disease or injury is a pre-existing condition if, during the three months before the date you last became covered, which is called the look-back period, you were diagnosed or treated or services were received for the disease or injury, or you took drugs or medicine prescribed or recommended by a physician for that condition. Wow! I mean, wow! That's that's broad. And the practical result is, if your disabling medical condition is pre-existing, your claim can be denied. I think it's crucial that you get your medical and pharmacy records get your policy out and consult with an experienced risk disability attorney before you stop working. So you don't pick the wrong date of disability if you've recently um, gotten your disability insurance policy. I wanna give you an example of the pre-existing denial game and how it's played by the disability carriers so you understand this. So I'm gonna tell you the story of Mr. Lavery. Uh, he was a regional facility manager for Restoration Hardware. He came under the care of his primary doctor for a lesion on his back. It had been there for over 6 months. When he saw his PCP on April 14, 2014, which was in the lookback period in his policy, the doctor thought that he might have a basal cell carcinoma and referred him to a dermatologist. Now, the PCP didn't give him any treatment, didn't prescribe any medication. On June 10, 2014, after the effective date of his coverage, Lavery was seen by a dermatologist. They biopsied the lesion and they diagnosed a malignant melanoma. He stopped working and claimed disability on September 30, 2014. So what was key here? Well, what was key here uh, was during the look back period uh, to determine what condition uh, he saw his physician for, what medical treatment diagnostic studies or medication uh, did he take, was that condition and the medical treatment, diagnostic studies, or medication related to the medical condition that he was claiming as the cause of his disability? Now, that's the analysis that the carrier is going to use in every case. So, let's talk about, in Mr. Lavery's case, was the malignant melanoma a pre-existing condition? And carriers are going to turn themselves inside out to make it a pre-existing condition. So, Aetna's disability benefit manager decided that it wasn't, and that was supported by Aetna's internal clinical consultant. All good so far, but four days later and without explanation, the supervisor noted that the benefit manager uh, wanted the claim denied because the initial appointment with the PCP subjected the claim to the pre-existing condition clause. So the supervisor overruled the manager and as a result the claim was denied. So Lavry appealed and unfortunately Aetna still couldn't figure it out. They had another internal clinical consultant look at the PCP records and they recommended that the claim shouldn't be denied because the record was clear that Lavry wasn't diagnosed or treated for the disabling medical condition of malignant melanoma until after the biopsy. So, the benefit manager said, look, the claim should be reinstated, but it got overruled again. Aetna denied the claim, but this time they changed the game. They said that Larry had gotten medical treatment care services uh, for the disease uh, or an injury which substantially contributed to the malignant melanoma. Hmm. Okay. And to keep the games going, they changed the look back period to April 1st, 2014 through June 30, 2014, based on an amendment that the employer had made regarding the coverage start date for Larry and others. So you can see that Aetna overruled its own medical consultants, uh, its own manager, uh, and the supervisor ultimately made the decision. And even when it came back a second time, the benefit manager got overruled again, and they changed the entire game. You can imagine that Larry wasn't uh, happy and litigation commenced. And this case was uh, heard by the First Circuit. And the First Circuit said, look, this whole denial is abuse of Aetna's discretion. The court held that while it could broadly construe the pre-existing condition, provision as excluding any disability for which treatment or services were provided for any symptoms, which in hindsight appeared to be a manifestation of the disabling sickness or injury. Now, that certainly is crappy, but the judge said, no, but wait a minute, I'm not done. Aetna's apparent conflict of interest in the way it handled the claim was an abuse of discretion. Aetna behaved like a conflicted party intent on advocating for a desired result, rather than a fiduciary explaining its decision. Well, duh, we can f- clearly figure that out based on the way that uh, Etna overruled itself. So the other issue in this case was whether Aetna could benefit from its violation of the Department of Labor regulations by changing the look back period. As I said, one of the ways that the pre-existing condition game is played is to change the, the ball, the location of the ball, if you will. In this case, Aetna changed the look back period for what it thought would be a guaranteed win. The First Circuit said, whoa, wait a second. Changing the look back period at the last minute is a violation of ERISA regulations. And Lavery was prejudiced by this last minute change and the unchallengeable claim of a new look back period. So you can see that Aetna went to great lengths to try to ensure a win based on an application of the pre-existing condition clause. In my view, the lesson here is to closely review the look back period and pre-existing condition terms of the policy. When did you get the coverage? When did it become effective? What's the period of the look back period? And once you know that, you need to review the medical records, uh, including your pharmacy records, to see whether or not anything happened in that time frame, and if so, whether it might fall into this very broad uh, definition of a pre-existing condition. You never know what you're going to find and whether a claim is barred without careful analysis. And it can be hard to undo a denial uh, based on uh, the application of a pre-existing condition clause. And it's hard for a number of reasons. One is, you've already declared a date in, in stone. You've got your medical records, which you're claiming supports the claim. Yet you now are confronted with medical records or pharmacy records that, after the fact, show that you may have gotten treatment. And of course, you're probably not working anymore, so you can't go back necessarily and fix that date. That's why I think it's important that you have the assistance of an experienced arista disability attorney if you have just gotten your disability insurance uh, coverage. And you have a a medical condition that may result in you filing a claim uh, because you just don't really know how this pre-existing condition clause is going to play out. In the next segment, I'm going to do some myth busting. And, you know, that's one of my favorite parts of this series. And the myth is going to be if you got your disability insurance coverage and you became disabled, you're not going to have any problems getting your disability insurance benefits. Stay tuned. Welcome back. The myths that disability insurance policyholders believe about ERISA and individual disability insurance and the truth. I'm a myth buster. And you may have heard from neighbors, friends, lawyers, insurance agents, myths about disability insurance. I hear these every day. And I love to myth, bust those myths and set everybody straight. So what's today's myth? If you've got your disability insurance coverage and you become disabled, you aren't going to have any problem getting your disability benefits. Well, I'm gonna build on the theme that we did in our first segment. You might have purchased that disability insurance policy and a pre-existing condition clause raises its ugly head. And you are thinking that you might have to apply for your disability benefits, but you really don't know what your policy has to say. Now, it's not going to be easy to get your benefits because the carrier is going to do a pre-existing condition review to see if they can come up with or make up a reason to deny your claim. So the key here, as I've said, is what's the look back period? What conditions, if any, did you see a physician for? What medical treatment, diagnostic studies or medication did you take? And is this condition uh, and the medical treatment, the diagnostic studies or medication related? to the condition that you're claiming is the cause of your disability. So how do we go about doing this analysis? Well, again, as I've said, we're going to start out by figuring out what the look back period is. When did you sign up for coverage? When did the coverage become effective and work backwards? What's the look back period? Once we've identified that, then you need to get your medical records and your pharmacy records and see, did I get any treatment? Did I get medication? Did I have any diagnostic studies in this particular time frame that relates to the condition that I'm claiming uh, might be the cause of my disability? And you want to take particular attention, uh, pay attention to your medical records, because what are the symptoms you complained of? Did you have diagnostic studies and what did they show? Um, Is it medication that you've been taking for this condition? Um, and if so, what was your response to that medication? And then you wanna ask, look, is this medical condition and treatment diagnostic studies related to what I'm claiming is the cause of my disability? So let me tell you a horror story um, about the application of the pre-existing condition clause. Uh, this uh, person um, was uh, in to his optometrist for a regular checkup. You know, he wanted new glasses. And um, they did the the traditional testing to determine uh, whether there had been any change in the visual acuity and prescribed a new set of eyeglasses. But the optometrist said, hey, you know, you should be taking vitamin D for the prevention of eye disease. And so this person followed the advice, took vitamin D for the prevention of eye disease. But guess what? Within the look back period, he developed macular degeneration. And he applied for his disability benefits, and the carrier said, Oh, no, 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 no. We're going to apply the pre existing condition clause. Well, there was an argument that he hadn't gotten any treatment. He hadn't uh, had any diagnostic studies. He didn't take any medication because he wasn't having any visual issues. Well, guess what the court did? The court said taking vitamin D for the prevention of eye disease is the equivalent of treatment. And voila, we approve. Uh, the denial of your claim. We think it, it was right. Now, that's absolutely cockamamie, isn't it? So you have to make some hard choices here. If it turns out that you have a pre-existing condition clause that will uh, result in um, or I'm sorry, you have a pre condition that's going to result in the application of the pre-existing condition clause. You just might have to wait out a period of time and not get any treatment in an effort to cure that problem. So the reality is that picking the right date to claim disability can be hard if you recently got your disability insurance coverage and you should consult with an experienced or risk of disability attorney to make sure that your coverage won't be denied under the pre-existing a condition disability clause because coverage defenses are the number one way for carriers to justify a claims denial. In the next segment, I'm going to be answering listeners' questions. Stay tuned. Are you a professional with questions about your individual disability policy? you need the Disability Insurance Claim Survival Guide for Professionals. This book gives you a comprehensive understanding of your disability policy with tips and to-dos regarding your disability application that will assist you in submitting a winning disability application. This is one you won't want to miss. For the next 24 hours, we are giving away free copies of the Disability Insurance Claim Survival Guide for Professionals. Order yours today at disabilityclaimsforprofessionals.com. Welcome back to Winning Isn't Easy. I'm going to take some of our listeners' questions. The first question is, well, should I try and apply for my long-term disability benefits without speaking to an attorney? Well, obviously, you would expect that I'm going to say no, and you're right. I don't think so. Because, as we've explained in all of these episodes, you really need to understand what your insurance plan or policy has to say and what it is you have to prove. You need to understand what's in your medical records and whether your physician is going to support your claim. You need to understand what your gross benefits are and whether there's going to be any offsets for your um, Social Security benefits or workers' comp cases or any other uh, benefit that they could use to reduce your benefits. You really need to understand what your policy is and what your burden of proof is before you stop working and apply for benefits. Lawyers such as myself offer a 30-minute complimentary consultation to help people with these issues. And one of the things I always ask for is, let's talk about, uh, get me a copy of of your plan or policy so we all understand uh, what the playing field is. And that leads me to the second question is, well, what if I don't have a copy of my insurance policy? You can ask your employer for a copy of the policy and what's called a summary plan description. Now, sometimes you can actually just get it off of the, your employer's website, but if you ask and you don't get it, what do you need to do? Definitely at that point, you need to consult with an experienced attorney such as myself because under the ERISA statute, um, we can ask uh, the employer to send us uh, that information. And if they don't ultimately uh, after a number of attempts, I normally do three. Um, We can file a lawsuit in federal court asking that the court order your employer to provide us with that information. And if they don't, um, we can rack up a $110 a day penalty that they have to pay. Plus, they have to pay uh, an attorney's fee. Now, you might say, well, why do I want to do that? I don't want to jeopardize my relationship with my employer. Well, if your employer isn't going to give you that information that you need, to get the benefits that you deserve, there's already an adversarial relationship. And so my answer is nuts to them. Um, You need to consult with an attorney to get that insurance policy or plan. All right, the last question we have is, what if the insurance company denies my claim and I'm terminated from my job? Do I still have coverage? Well, that's a bit of a tricky question. Um, If you have filed your short or long-term disability claim, and it's been denied you have 180 days in which to file an appeal and you definitely should be filing an appeal in that uh, um time frame if the carrier i'm sorry if your employer denies you that you're an employee they terminate you they get rid of you your coverage is going to end the effective date of that termination and i've had cases like this and so what it which we have to prove is that you were disabled certainly as the, the date you claimed that you were disabled and appeal that decision or try to claim that you were disabled through the date of the termination. And the specific facts of each case are different. But you do need to understand that your coverage is going to end upon termination. Now, that can be a particular problem, as I've mentioned in the past, uh, because some policies will have provisions that will allow you to attempt a return to work. Uh, And um, if you uh, are attempting that return to work and you go back to work and and you don't meet the standards for disability, but you get terminated, then your insurance coverage is ended. And the carrier is going to say, look, you are working full time, no loss of income. You, You weren't working while you were disabled. You weren't disabled period and you don't qualify because you don't meet the definition of disability. So attempting to go back to work can be uh, as problematic as a claims denial. And again, I think that it requires coordination uh, and advice of an experienced or disability attorney, such as myself. Well, I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. If you like this podcast, would you please like our page, uh, leave a review or share it with your friends and family. Remember our podcast is weekly, so stay tuned uh, for next week's episode And I hope that you're enjoying the show. Winning isn't easy.